Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. I'm Dan, here at Big Cass, and we got our boy Blake down below, uh, depending on how you're looking at it. But I want to open up with a stat. Marvin Harrison Jr. has more touchdowns this season than a Iowa's entire offense. He has nine. Iowa has seven. So I just want to open up with a random stat uh, this week and just take it from there. Yeah, national landscape was great this weekend. First time in recent history that on a bye week, Ohio State, on Ohio State bye week, there was some great, great matchups. And who better to bring who one of the hosts of the Saturday Cadence podcast, our boy Blake. We, he's a He's he's like a second he's like a third honorary uh dude for the bunch of nuts podcast. Like <laughs> welcome back man. We haven't talked to you since preseason. It's good to be back guys. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're halfway through the season, my man. I mean, I can't believe it. But this past week there was a lot of great games. It was an incredible Saturday of college football. And I mean, yeah, you looked at the calendar and you're like, how are we halfway through October? Already seven weeks in or eight weeks in, and we've got a, another good slate this weekend. But man, Alabama and Tennessee, that was a lot of fun. I was actually down at Liberty this weekend uh, visiting my uh, girlfriend's sister, and we were at the Liberty Gardner Webb game, and we're all sitting in the stands. I brought my iPad into the stadium. We were watching the <laughs> Phillies beat the Braves there. But then after that was over, well, actually before, I had my phone right here, and there was Alabama Tennessee on the screen. And uh, a bunch of other people in the stands followed suit that we were all watching Alabama-Tennessee, and we had a live football game right in front of us. There was so much good football to watch on Saturday. It was great to digest. I'm excited to break it down with you guys. Yeah, I mean, we're, let's start with, I guess, the, 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 the nooner, uh, Penn State-Michigan. I, I, had, I had Penn State plus seven. I did too. James Franklin, I, did too. I, I think, too. let a lot of people down. And uh, I, I give Michigan the props. I thought, you know, their offense came to play. Penn State's run defense is terrible. I think their pass defense is really good, though, for the most part. It's just they were getting bombarded the entire game. Uh, Sean Clifford wasn't great. Uh, and Michigan really, you know, they, 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 they showed, I think, that they're a really good team this year, and it's shaping up to be, um, you know, a big, a big matchup in November. Yeah, I mean, what not to like about Blake Corum? Blake Corum, I mean, I know Donovan Edwards went off also, but I don't think Edwards would go off as big as he did if Blake Corum didn't start that train running. Uh, Blake Corum uh, arguably should be in New York at the end of the season. I'm going to make a bold statement before the show ends. He's going to finish too, I bet. I, I, see, I can see a world that happens. Wait, you know what? I might as well bo- throw the, bo- the bold statement out right now. Uh, I'm going to, I am going to say this to Joel Klatt this weekend when I see him Friday, I'm going to be like the winner of the Ohio state Michigan game. Their superstar will win the Heisman trophy. Mark yeah. it down right now. If Ohio state wins, CJ Stroud hosts that trophy. If Michigan wins, Blake Corum is hosting that trophy. I, I will say though, and, and this is a great segue. Uh, I know, I know Blake's going to have something to say though, but uh and hooker, uh, he, I think, is right neck and neck with Stroud now after that performance. So that, I mean, that, that win, getting that field goal win against Tennessee at the last second, like that's a Heisman moment. Now he needs to add the stats, and he'll have a chance this week against UT Martin. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, he has Georgia and Kentucky coming up too. So he has a chance to, you know, really take control of this race if he plays out of his mind, I think. 
Yeah, C.J. Stroud's been the favorite all year. He's going coast-to-coast so far. Yeah. He has the stats to prove it. He just hasn't had the stage that Tennessee's had with Hendon Hooker. That's the problem, I I think. Yeah, and Hooker got his Heisman moment on Saturday, uh, especially in the last 10, 15 seconds there. He threw that ball over the middle. That's his Heisman moment. He got them into field goal range. You forgot about the turnovers right after he made that pass across the middle of the field to set him up for the field goal with two seconds left. And then with Blake Quorum, they just ran through Penn State. Michigan's rushing attack is elite. And I was talking about this the other day. It's really amazing that a team that features two backs has one of the running backs in the Heisman race because Michigan's attack is that good. Normally the running backs split the carries and the stats are kind of even, but they ran for 400 yards on one of the better passing defenses in the country. And Cass, I agree with you that the winner of that Ohio state Michigan game in November, their superstar is going to win the Heisman trophy as it's trending right now. Let me tell you right now, um, Michigan, and you got to give Michigan's running attack to the way that JJ McCarthy plays the play action pass. He's not very good at the deep ball. He's 52% on the year, but he's 75% completion rating. I'm stealing these stats, by the way, from Zach Smith. But he's 75, <laughs> 75%, uh, but he's 75% completion rating with passes between you know eight and nine yards. That you know, with the play action. That I think that is setting up uh the success for Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Yeah, when you look at Michigan's offense, they don't like to stretch the ball vertically down the field like an Ohio State or a Tennessee or a TCU. I don't they think like they have the keep... receivers, to be honest with you. They don't. I mean, they, they, have, they have great talent. They do it. Yeah, they have great talent outside. They have some speed. They're fast. But they don't want to beat you 15, 20 yards down the field and take those shots. They keep everything in front of you, and they force you to put eight in the box and see what they can do. And then once you sell out to stop the run, that's when they start beating you with an efficient pass game. So the offense is really balanced. And it makes it tough to beat, but is there a team that can own up to that challenge and hold Michigan under 200 yards or under 150 yards rushing? That remains to be seen. The strength of Ohio State's defense is the front seven, so that would be the team to do it. If you look down the line for their schedule, you would think Penn State did, but we saw that was they doubled it. It's going to be really interesting. We were talking about this pre-show. Do you, what, what do we think about Illinois the week before uh, we, you know, Michigan plays Ohio State? Do you think that might be a game where Illinois' defense comes to play and maybe, uh, you know, keeps keeps Corm in check? I do. And whether or not Illinois stays in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West, they're going to come to play because they have a big shot against Michigan, and they know Michigan's going to be looking ahead to Ohio State because of that matchup. They got the win for the first time in the rivalry last year for the first time in a decade. And they know they have to own up to it and do it again and see if they can do it. And now they're going to Columbus. So Michigan's going to have their eyes downfield as much as they know Illinois is in the building. All they want to do is escape with that win. So I think that's definitely the matchup to keep your eye on, like you guys are saying. And I'm I'm just going to say this just because it's a rivalry game and they got they got a win. But <clears throat> I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan State because Michigan has to go to Michigan State, I believe. Oh, uh, the woodshed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, desperation game. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, it's a rivalry game. It's happened before, uh, numerous times. I mean, I don't think I, it happened I mean, last not, year. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to last sit two here. years. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that Michigan State's going to beat Michigan, but that's a game to watch. You know, but you, I mean, you can't not not say that, like, either. right. Right. <laughs> That's kind of a toss up. I'm not going to lie, Cass. And that is, that is, they're all the bye week, and that's Halloween weekend. Oh, no, Michigan yeah. State. Bad goes things to, happen. I'm yeah. sorry. Michigan State goes to the big house. 
Yeah, I think it's a blowout I saw on Twitter. It's going to be a night game. Yeah, 7.30 at 7.30 because uh, big noon kickoff is going to be at Penn State. Yeah, I'm glad it's Penn State's out. a noon game, especially when it's on Halloween weekend. You just Bad things just are in the air that weekend in college football Telling heading you. into November. I'm that, glad Penn State's a nooner. We're going to have daylight out there, nothing weird, no weird weather. Just get out of Happy Valley with a W. And, and kind of to bring back the Heisman subject, like that game is going to be, that Penn State game is going to be like probably Stroud's first. prime opportunity, to like his one of his first prime opportunities to run start running away with it. Um, and, and it also helps, too, that someone else brought this up. If JSN's hurt, Travion Henderson's hurt, Mayan's having a great season, but like I don't think Mayan's gonna be would take votes, many votes from Stroud. So like this Stroud's not getting like cannibalized by other Ohio State guys as like years pass, which is kind of playing into his hand, I think. Right. So you, we talked about Heisman moments. So let's, let's switch gears to you know, over to Tennessee, Alabama. Um, what a great game! What a fun game! Oh. No, like I love defenses. Uh, I like. I like the when it's high score with great offenses, high scoring game. I like the 35 37 game type games. But this game was 52 49, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And, and I hate the SEC, and it was so much fun to watch. That, I mean, that's boy. one of the best games in recent, recent memory, honestly. A boy. shootout like that. What Ooh, happened yeah. to the SEC dominant defenses? That's the question. Because. Both defenses were atrocious. The Tennessee's DBs, I mean, granted, they were a couple have a couple of them had out, but Alabama's wide receivers haven't been good all year. And they torched Tennessee. They torched well, they were them. also missing their safety because he was um he Yeah, was, yeah, they were missing two or three DBs, I think. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs is kind of carrying Alabama's offense this year, too. I mean, I know you have Bryce Young, so let's keep him absent of the state. He might cannibalize Bryce Young votes. Yeah, but if you look at Alabama's offense in the last two years, without Jamison Williams and Jameer Gibbs out of the transfer portal, there's not much production outside of those guys. Again, absent Bryce Young because he's a magician. But Alabama's really relied on that transfer portal because those wide receivers are not what they've been in recent years, and the defense hasn't been what it's been in recent years. It's not stout, so you're seeing Alabama get exposed. Yeah. it's Honestly, they're not getting – their recruits aren't as big, <laughs> big and strong as they usually come. I will usually, say, they're they're just like so much bigger and stronger. Dan, I remember we talked about this a couple years ago when Buckeye fans were going crazy because we did not land Jordan Battle, but we got Lathan Ransom. I mean, I'm kind of liking that situation fine, now. Fine I mean, I'm fine it. with it now. I mean, Lathan Ransom's playing, played, playing very well with Ohio State, and Jordan Battle is struggling. <laughs> I've never been disapp- like really disappointed by the play of Lathan Ransom, so I, 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 I would – I would say we won that for the most part. I think how Lathan fits in, I think, is better than what Battle would yeah. provide for us, in my in my opinion. Like I think it's a better fit, so I say it's a win. And, I agree too. And I love the game plan that Tennessee did. They they um, shade away from Will Anderson. They took him completely out of the game. And Will Anderson talked about pregame. He was anxious. Like he, I think Will Anderson lost his shot at going to New York just be, because of this game. Yeah, it's Alabama's problem, I think, is that they're not a great team this year. They're just a collection of like three, like 
three or four really good superstars in college who are clearly going to the league will probably have great careers. And the rest of the guys are just like, they play like janitors in my, like some of these guys are just not good. I, if, if compared to other Alabama teams past when I like, when I watch them play, and I know that's really harsh to say, but it's, I think it's obviously like Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Gibbs, and then somewhat battle. I think that's, that's what really ca- carries them. Elias, and the tight end to Elias Ricks. Yeah. Elias Ricks has struggled. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I'll give you a stat from Alabama this year. Uh, first of all, I mean, you could hear the roars of Rocky Top and Neyland Stadium from Lynchburg. It was unbelievable. I, you just see it you off in the heard distance. It here in Columbus. Oh, yeah. It was like shot heard around the world. But when you're, I mean, that stadium, it made Alabama look shaky. You don't see Alabama get rattled like that. But again, we're saying Alabama doesn't have these weapons. They don't have the stronger defense like they usually do. But the area that I'm looking at with Alabama, that's the indicator to me that this is not a national championship team, unless they can fix it drastically, is they're penalized all the time. In their two biggest games this year, they played Texas and Tennessee. Alabama had 32 penalties combined in those games for 230 yards. And then against Tennessee, they had 130 penalty yards which was more yards than they had rushing, which was 114. Again, I know they played from behind and it was a shootout, but you got Alabama got penalized for more yards than they had rushing. Never in Nick Saban's tenure would you see that tolerated. Is it? I mean, is it? You can also make the argument because you know the recruiting, the recruits they have on the field right now aren't that great, um, and now you know mm. they're heavily penalized. Is it Saban? Is Saban losing his steps maybe this year? I mean, it's, I mean, probably has, not, but I just got to ask. Has, has Nick Saban had 32 penalties in his whole career without those two games? I mean, I, mean, I, I think this is what I think. I think college football, the speed of the game, the NIL, the transfer portal has caught up to Nick Saban. I, I really do. The GOAT, the GOAT, the greatest coach of all time, you know, college football coach of all time, you know, but I think he's. Like you said, he's relying on uh, transfer portal at at a main position that helps your quarterback, a wide receiver. Like any, I mean, Jameer Gibbs came from the uh, transfer portal, so it's it. What is going on? Like, you, it's time. Is it time for him to revamp his coaching staff? I know he's got Bill O'Brien, but he's had this wide receivers coach there for a long time. And they you know, got the, I, you go. When I when I look at Alabama like that, you see. Um, and Nick Saban and Cashier Sand has everything caught up to him. I think what's caught up to him is that the dynamic and the relationship between him and the players with the NIL and this whole new landscape, that's what's got Nick Saban because that's not his brand. Nick Saban just walks into his office. He doesn't have to give you a recruiting pitch. He's Nick Saban. You're going yeah. to Alabama. That's the recruiting pitch. There's no, hey, we're going to do this. Can't wait to show you that. I mean, you walk into Nick Saban's office, that's the recruiting pitch. And then he's had high staff turnover on his staff just because he's at Alabama. You know, it's like the coaching rehab center. He revamps the coaches. They go out, and now look what Kirby Smart's doing, and look at Jimbo Fisher. You know, all these guys that have been former assistants under him running great programs. And so you wonder if maybe the last couple hires that he made that, you know, it's just you're not always going to hit the home run with these hires anymore with the way that the landscape has changed and now how other schools are willing to pay all this money and you guys are learning from them and the blueprint's kind of out there now. So Nick Saban is still the best coach in the country. I'm not taking anything away from him. I just think the dynamic and the landscape of college football has gone away from his wheelhouse. So he just has to reinvent the wheel a little bit and And look at his coaching staff and they'll get back. Yeah, He's got to adjust. And just like Lane Kiffin says, 
everything's illegal now. Everything's legal now. So, I mean, time to right. adjust. Which a lot of a lot of people, November twelfth, uh, Ole Miss, uh, Alabama, Ole Miss will be coming off a bye. So that's another game. Every a lot of people are looking at. Uh, we've talked a lot about Alabama, but go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say, I, I again, you were. We talked too much about Alabama. I do want to say. I'm happy for the people of Knoxville, Tennessee. That was like, the, they had a great, great, like the, the, the view of the stadium and everything was beautiful. Like ten, that, that stadium is one of the most beautiful stadiums in college football, like on the river right there. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the shoe. The shoe is a lot better, but it's similar, similar concept in my opinion. Um, happy for them. Happy for, you know, Smokey, the dog. Like I, lo- I love that dog. It looks like Carmen. So I'm like happy for Tennessee, but um we got to talk about Iowa. Um, so what are our thoughts on Iowa? <laughs> Real quick. Dumb redneck stone goalposts in a river. Oh, yes. <laughs> and a GoFundMe for over $100,000 for new goalposts. They got new goalposts. My wife's like, why couldn't they just take them off the practice field? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's literally three students' tuition there for like a semester. So like that's not that expensive. They just need to admit like three more students or something. <laughs> They had the fun and the goalpost built into the budget already this year, and they knew <laughs> they were it. already making new ones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, but Iowa. Go back. Let's go back to Iowa. Oh, Iowa. Man. So yeah, lonely Iowa. Three and three. Um, pretty dreadful on offense. Like like I said, Marvin Harrison Jr. has more more touchdowns than they do. I think mine might have close to just as many as they do, um, or he might be one less. Um, they're terrible on offense boys uh they are terrible um and somehow i feel like our corners are going to give up a big play but um that's all i really i'm worried about is just our corners giving up one big play to this offense but um i think i think our defense should take care of him no problem i will say this petrus is he has a good arm he's a very good arm watching the film on him um Ameko Buka has six touchdowns, by the way. Yeah. So, guys, I have a question. Who's throwing more passes this year, Spencer Petras or CJ Stroud? Oh, Spencer Petras. Petras by one. Yeah. What? Yeah. I thought the same thing when I read that earlier. I, was I like, said wow. Spencer Petras. Yeah. Well, I thought, I thought it was one of those. I thought it was it one is. of those uh, those uh, questions like, oh, yeah, that's why I say, that's Mitchell Petrus. Yeah. yeah. His problem obvious. is he's been sacked a lot. He has 18 sacks. And he's also been playing in four-quarter games. C.J. Stroud hasn't. Yeah. And only in the second half, I said done the ball much. He only has three picks, fit like a 50% compl- – I think like 54% completion or something. Yeah, he's 87 for 161. For two touchdowns. He's not picks. making mis- – like, if you watch the film, I like he doesn't really make, like, bad mistakes. <clears throat> it's just more – he doesn't have help around him, and this, he's he's a limited athlete. And but his uh, arms are cra- incredible. They don't they – don't, they're not trotting George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fan out there. No. I mean, they have no tight ends, no wide receivers. They don't even have a running back. Like, it's – this office is putrid. Like, it's – it makes me want to puke. Now their yeah, defense. Tough to watch. Their defense is not that bad. Their defense is very good, I think. Um, they got obviously Captain Jack or whatever their linebacker. He's pretty good. Um, and like if you like, you go through all the games, you look at the scores. They never really got blown out. It was just usually you know they would give up something in the twenties, let's say, and their offense would put up ten. That's how like all most of their losses look. Um, I think they play teams tough, um, and, and they're going to keep it closer. I think what. 
people expect because their defense is going to be really good. But like the thing is, I think if you get them on the perimeter, our athletes are so much better than their athletes. Um, and our and, and their defensive line is kind of small. I think they're athletic and tenacious. Their defensive line, but they're small. And I think our offensive line is just going to push them around. So I don't see us having an issue with their defense. But I can see like other teams with um, not as great athletes having having an issue with that defense. What's interesting with Iowa's defense is it's really good. It's one of the best in the country right now. They only give it up nine nine point eight points per game, so under ten. If C.J. Stroud carves up Iowa, no one's going to bat an eye and say, oh, hey, C.J. Stroud just carved up one of the best defenses in the country. Now he's the Heisman front runner, even though he already is. But no one's going to extend his lead in first place for what he does. They're going to nitpick his performance. It's just that double standard that Ohio State has to live with for whatever reason. Because if you took Hendon Hooker in Tennessee right now and they go play Iowa and he carves them up, all of a sudden Iowa's the best defense you've ever seen in your life and in Hendon Hooker, is the best quarterback we've seen since Joe Burrow. Like that that's what would happen. And it's just odd. It, but it, it's it's the narrative really. I went and I saw an article today, Herb Street, Galloway, Pollock, and Reese Davis. Every single one of them had Ohio State number one in their top six. Number two was ten number two was Tennessee, between Tennessee and Georgia. Yeah. Three every single one of them had number three was Michigan. And a few of them, you know, were different. So I, it's not the media. It's, it's, I mean, it's not really the media that's given this narrative to Ohio State. It's the fan. It's the fans of other teams because I think they're. I, I think what they don't realize is Ohio State is going in and dominating, dominating every opponent that they've played. And now it's the narrative. Oh, they haven't played nobody. Oh, they, you know, this is. But yeah, like you said, Georgia went into Mizzou. Barely won, and all of a sudden, Missouri is a tough place to play. <laughs> yeah, it's just like playing at Maryland. Okay, guys, thanks. Exactly. You know? it, it, you're exactly right when it comes to the narrative. But for some reason this year, it ain't the media, and it's kind of scary, too. You know what yeah, it's is interesting. The, you know where it's a tough place to play? Utah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not fun playing in Salt Lake City. Yeah. By the way, I, I was thinking about this, and I'm going to have to do more research. We were talking about C.J. Stroud, uh, Heisman. Troy Smith was the front runner in 2006, all year round. He didn't have his game moment until the Michigan. He had a mo- one moment against Penn State, but he had that moment game that really set him on the Heisman was against Michigan. It's honestly setting up to be the same path. It's like on the same parallel path. That's a good point, Cass. That's a great point. Yeah. Other than I mean, there won't be a Notre Dame quarterback sitting beside him. <laughs> That's true. Hey, I would... <laughs> don't count who is it? Drew Pine now for no? Yeah, don't count out Drew Pine. <laughs> if Brady Quinn Reese. came back, there's nothing he's doing in Tommy Reese's offense, man. Why but, isn't um, Brady? I mean, well, Brady Quinn makes more money at Fox. I was going to say, why can't Brady Quinn just be hired by Marcus Freeman? I honestly think Brady Quinn would be a good coach. He would, uh, yeah. He would yeah. Be. Honestly, not maybe not even a coach, just an OC. I feel yeah. like you, you put him in the booth with a visor on or something, like he would be an unreal OC. Yeah. He wouldn't have that visor. He'd be slicking that hair back, man. He's pretty boy. <laughs> or slicking it through the visor or something. Like, Hey, Matt, I'm a fellow slick the hair back guy, so I support it. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you, Matt, Le- I, Matt Liner is not as a pretty boy as – I mean, I would think Reggie Bush is more of a pretty boy than, than Matt Liner. 
Reg is dripped out on set always. Dude, I swear, I'm gonna, I, he's the only one of that crew that I haven't got a picture with. <laughs> hey, if you're going with Reg, that's going to be good. Give him his Heisman back. I feel like he's it. hard to get a picture with because he's probably so quick. Like, like he was so <laughs> he quick. Is as a quick. He's he's I will tell you a funny story. 2019, um, he arrived late, rehearsal late be, uh, for the Penn State, and he's wearing – a New Orleans Saints tracksuit, like it's like a gold, he's wearing gold windbreakers with a black vest. It, it was hysterical. I'm like, you flew in a plane in that? Like, he probably flew in a plane like that because he wanted to be a disguise. Yeah, he's yeah. Reggie Bush, man. Yeah, he honestly he could be like you say like like obviously like uh, Brady Quinn could be like an OC. Like Reggie Bush could be like an Avenger, I think, if you put his mind to it. Reggie Bush would be a hell of a. Psych coach, he'd be like Mickey Marotti. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 uh, is it Coach Riley? Bring Reg- Reggie Bush back just for the hyper team. Oh, wait, nobody goes to your games anyway, so never mind, <laughs> <laughs> guys. If you want to swing back to Ivor real quick, I'll give you, I'll give you a question. Yeah, so okay. Iowa gives up 154 yards a game through the air. How long does it take CJ Stroud to eclipse that mark? I say 20 minutes. I'd say first quarter. <laughs> I'll say I'll say uh like two minutes into the third. Okay. <laughs> He'll come out of halftime a little short and then hit it hit it like real quick. I, I think he's gonna I think they're gonna get it in the first quarter. Uh I think they're just I think they want this narrative that you know they're gonna, you know, especially if number is gonna be out there. Which, oh, yeah. by the way, he was, uh, according to Dave Biddle, he wasn't full speed running, but he has no significant limp, and he's just catching footballs from the machine. I feel like, I feel like, which I'm, this goes to me, I'm going to requote Marvin Harrison Jr. here. Uh, they talked they talk to Marvin Harrison Jr., and you know what? Son of a biatch. Excuse my language. <laughs> I just lost it. I thought I had it up on Facebook, but I just lost it. Cass, while you're looking for it, I think if JSM plays this week, I think it's fine to just – I don't even know if he has to start. Just bring him in to get him some reps, just get yeah. him game speed, and then have him for Penn State. I think that would be the route to go. All right, here it is. Just, you, uh, don't get him hurt. That's yeah. my biggest thing. If he's not – like, if we're going to use him as a decoy, don't give him the ball at all then or something. Right. Like, make sure he doesn't get hurt. If the players are talking about Njigba coming back, I feel like he's going to play this week. Marvin Harrison Jr. says – you got to pick one. Say your prayers it's when true. they ask about who you're going to guard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are drooling over Tennessee's offense this week. Wait until JSN comes back in the Ohio State offense. I mean, let me tell you something. Well, okay. Marv, Marv is spot on there. Jalen Hyatt had to score five touchdowns this week to to take the lead over Marvin Harrison Jr. But he is nine. Like he might fin- I think Marv, my prediction is Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to finish with the most receiving touchdowns in the nation this year. I think he's in the position to do it. I think he's. I mean. Like, like, like you said, like, how can you guard all of them if JSN's even out there running decoy routes? You have to put him one on one. Like, you cannot not double. Uh, you, like, you cannot leave JSN one on one either. Like, they're going to have to put them both on islands. And then Abuka too, and Fleming. Like, if you run four verts with that, and then Stover, yeah, or Stover, yeah. or just have like mine, Travion. Yeah, it's, I, there's no stopping that. I feel like yeah, there's man a coverage is hard. I, I'm going to predict a home run touchdown by Mayan, uh, not Mayan Williams, but Travion Anderson. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, sixty or seventy yards. 
uh, a Marvin Harrison might have, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to just have a really good fade route touchdown. Yeah, I, I think I think this offense is going to, I think it's going to, they're going to take care of the defense. And I think, I think this is prime position because he's been, this quarterback's been sacked a lot. I think this is going to be a game where Jack Sawyer gets home, uh, JT Tui Malowau gets home, Zach Harrison yeah. gets home. Yes. I feel like this is going to be a game where our DNs finally get home. And I'm calling it, I'm calling it a Denzel Burke confidence game. We I need think one of those. Cass, uh, I'm a, I'll, I'll, I'll say I think we get at least six sacks, six sacks on the day. And I think Burke gets a, I think Burke gets an interception. I think this is a confidence game against him, for him. Eichenberg's gonna get a pick. <laughs> that's that's why I think he's gonna get a pick. That's my dog, man. I ordered his jersey, and I'm gonna have it for the Northwestern game, and I can't wait. If Eichenberg gets a pick, I'd just plant the tree already. <laughs> and I'll start digging. How about a strip? How about Zach Harrison strips it? Eichenberg picks it up for a touchdown. That'd be glorious. I'll give him the Darren Lee in the end zone going back like this I mean, I, after that. I think we're absolutely due for a big defense a day and yep. some defensive touchdowns. Like, I, I, it's, I'm telling this you, is the game. I think this is a Denzel Burke type of game, confidence game. I, I really do. I, I, I'm, I'm calling it. Because I think Petrus is a guy, too. If you get pressure on him, he, he trusts his arm too much where he's going to try to fit a throw in there, and he's not that good. He has a really good arm, but he's not that good, and he's going to like throw it maybe a little behind a receiver too. And I, I, like, I can see Cam Brown getting pick six, Lathan Ransom pick I, six, I, I know that, Alistair pick six. Like I know any Solano. of those combos. Yeah, and I know Solano and Walton have been working on the on the DBs playing with playing on the ball because the coverage is theirs. They just don't. It's for hmm. some reason they forgot the how to play on the ball. Yeah, just turn around. That's correctable, though. That's yeah, yeah. very, very correctable. The scary part is not just correctable. It's just turn your head and once, once like the coverage is like once you master the coverage and you're just able to like make the play on balls, that you're you're gonna be scary then. All right, this yeah, time, you, go ahead, Blake. You guys took all the good predictions on defense, so I'm gonna say Ohio State scores a special teams touchdown this week. I feel like they okay. haven't had one in a while. Abuka ran back the punt; it got called back. The Buckeyes score on special teams this week. Chip train him. That'd be great. That would be fantastic. But I th- I would like to see Abuka do it. I, I would really want Me too. All right, this I, time – go ahead, Dan. I don't care who does it. Just someone do it. <laughs> Just someone do it. All right, this time for keys to victory and score predictions. Dan or you – know, with, you know, Dan and Big Cass here. But we got Blake this time. Score predictions and keys to victory. Go ahead, right. Blake, since you're our guest. Yeah, Blake. All right, I'll lead us off here. I- I think the key to victory here for Ohio State is just going to be to control the line of scrimmage and not allow the Iowa defense to take over and dictate what they do on offense. Ohio State has too many weapons. They have too much speed. Play their game, run the football, use C.J. Stroud's arm, exploit the slowness that Illinois has or Illinois Iowa has on defense, and just let Marv do his thing with a Buka outside. Stroud's going to have a big day. Throws for two fifty plus. I've got Ohio State winning this game thirty eight to six. I'll I go. like it. I like it too. I'll go. We'll get Dan go last. I I say you know I want the DB just you know you're playing some wide receivers that aren't very good. Get home, you know work. What would you work in practice and create some turnovers? But key to victory: no penalties in the secondary. No penalties in the secondary. Play clean and on offense. 
keep Stroud upright, you know, play your game. Don't play down to the opponent. Stroud, I agree. Stroud, I think Stroud goes for 300 plus. Um, I think Travion and Mayan get close to 100 and a couple t- TDs. I'm going a shutout. I am goose egg. Goose egg. I said 49-9 at work today to my buddy. I changed it all up. Buckeyes 41. Iowa, nothing. Love it, Cass. Let's get that shutout. I'm, I'm going score prediction. I'm going to start with the score prediction. I'm going Ohio State 41, Iowa 13. I believe Ohio State would then cover uh, the over hits. Um, I'm just checking. The, uh, is, I think it's 49 no, they, right now. They would not cover, actually. Um uh, but the over would hit. So, but because I think I think Iowa's defense will get a stop or two just to keep it respectable. Um, I think they'll somehow manufacture a like either a, the, one of the stops will be a turnover or something. They'll get like a field goal out of it, and the other one will just be a lucky garbage time touchdown. Like, and they somehow get another field goal. So I'm saying 13, and then Ohio State 41. Um, offense, I think. Offense doesn't really have any issues. It's just we might come out a little slow out of the bye. Um, I think that's something we always, you know, we, we that we should take into account. So I think we might not be as crisp as we, we should be out, out of the bye just because of, like, timing and all that. So I'd say 41-13. My biggest thing is just come out of the bye strong, um, know your assignments, play hard, and um, no, no dumb pre-snap penalties. That's the biggest thing, you know, like – Focus is the biggest thing in this game, offensive and defensively. Um, just just maintain your focus because they 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 are better athletes than Iowa. It's just it, you just have to play smart and aggressive because Iowa's going to do the same. Um, they're just a lot inferior though. So just like it's just one of those games where like our guys just have to play hard and focus, and we easily win this. If they don't, then it's just going to be a it, we're going to win still, but it's just going to be what are we doing? Exactly. Um, so. Gus Johnson and Joel Clatter on the call this week. Big noon kickoff, first time this year at Ohio State. Yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba throws a touchdown. A, the shoe rocks. It will be rocking. And can you imagine the call that Gus Johnson will have for that kid? I need you to inject whatever happens in that atmosphere into my veins immediately. That would be unbelievable. What if he just takes, like, first pass of the game, he just takes, like, a slant, like, 80 yards for a touchdown or something? <laughs> that yeah. would be that – would, that, would, that would silence everyone. Yeah, it would make the corn grow back in Iowa from right on the soil so much. <laughs> oh. I, think, I think we got more corn here, like, in the Plain City Dublin area than, <laughs> than in Iowa. Just not my opinion. It's a big a lot. <laughs> big lump of nom is full of juice. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sick of that song. Me we're too. also the only ones with the ceramic cornfield, so we got that going for us. Yeah. So I, I threw this out there uh, on three through a through a graphic out before we get into our pickums um, this week. Threw a graphic out, and I thought some of it was funny. Which, by the way, I was scrolling through the text message. Did you get my cousin Legend a scholarship right now? My one-year-old cousin pushing his mom around on his little truck. Great, great. He's got great form. He's going to be a great big kid. Legend Ellis class of whatever it is. He's only one. 
so would get him a scholarship. Maybe I'll, if I run into Ryan Day, I'll show it to him. The next, the next legend, Cavesos. <laughs> I hope not, because I don't want him to transfer. <laughs> All right, on three put put out. Oh, CBS Sports. I'm sorry. So CBS Sports came out with their New York Six bowl predictions, and I thought a couple of the games were goofy. Uh, the Rose Bowl would be a classic. I mean, USC, Michigan, Rose Bowl, that would be a classic Rose Bowl. Like, you know, classic Pac-12, classic Michigan, you know, Big Ten. The, the All-State Sugar Bowl had me laughing my butt off. I feel like that should be a rematch between Alabama and Texas, not Oklahoma State. Oh. I think Texas is going to route Oklahoma State this week. Oh, no, dude, we need that. Yes. I also had Bama going to the Sugar Bowl. And that, Cass, that's a great idea. I, you're just full of great ideas today and great, great, <laughs> great tips. Uh, the Cotton Bowl, for some reason, I don't think a group of five gets in the New Year's Six. I really don't. Like, None of them are strong, but if they do... There's a lot of deserving power yeah. five teams this year. Yeah. If they do, they're not... Cincinnati is not playing Oregon. I'm sorry. I really... I think it's UCLA. Yeah, I don't think Oregon gets to the New Year's Six Bowl either. Yeah. I could see... I, I could see Cincinnati getting there over Oregon. I think... I'm playing I like UCLA. Yeah. I can see that. I think UC will go probably like win 10 games um, just because their schedule and their... I think they, they get into one for sure. Capital One, Orange Bowl, Penn State's not getting in there. I'm sorry. As bad as they played this week, I don't think they get in. No. I, I think – and I don't think Wake Forest does either. I'm going to throw Syracuse in that little matchup because I like what Syracuse is doing. I know Blake just made that look at me. But um, this is as of right now. This is as of right now. I like Syracuse there, and I don't like Penn State there. I like Ole Miss right there. Ole Miss would be interesting, but, I mean, the Syracuse Orange and the Orange Bowl, I mean, it would be fitting. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I do like the uh, college football playoff games, but switch Tennessee, uh, switch Georgia with Clemson, and that's and that's how I'd, I'd have it. Yeah, I, I agree I, with you. That, that's my four right now. I will say there, I, the one team that I think, and this is a stretch, uh, the one I think non, like, the one – group of five team that could have crashed the party, like non-power five team. And this is a stretch, but Tulane, <laughs> because they're six and one and their schedule, it's, I mean, they could, they could pull this off. Memphis, Tulsa, UCF, SMU, Cincinnati. Um, it, it's doable. Um, and then they're probably going to have to play Cincinnati again. So if they, if they run this, it's possible. They, they, they make the new year six. So do you guys, I mean, do you guys like, do you think that it should be Ohio State versus Tennessee or Ohio State versus Georgia? Because I don't think they'd put two SEC teams in the same bowl game. No, someone has to play Clemson. I'm tired of it being Ohio State. So give us Georgia or Tennessee. Yeah. I would uh, like to see Ohio State-Tennessee personally. Yeah, give us Tennessee and then yeah, Georgia-Clemson. Georgia Georgia-Clemson, and then we'll take Tennessee. I want to see us versus Tennessee. Guys, what I think is going to be interesting with this playoff is that you have the Fiesta Bowl out in Arizona, and then you have the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. Whoever has to travel out there for the Fiesta Bowl, the winner of that game has to then fly back across the country home, and then they have to fly back across the country to Inglewood to L.A. for the national championship a couple days later. 
So that travel is just going to be really interesting I, there. So I'd rather get the number one seed and go to Atlanta. I feel like that has never phased Gene Smith before, too. I feel like he always embraces no. the travel with this stuff. Like, so I, like, I'm, mentally, I'm already prepared. We're going to be the team that does the We're travel. We're going to the Fiesta Bowl, by the way. The, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. We like it better anyway. I mean, I would like to go to the Peach Bowl. I mean, <laughs> Me too. I want to actually go to the semifinal. But my friend just moved out to right outside of L.A. So I told him, if we go to the national championship, I'm flying in and we're going. I, like we need to just like it's we I, I know it doesn't apply but like if we can ever get the sugar bowl because the sugar bowl is where ohio state i think plays the best in the bowl games that's yes. like our that's our home bowl field and like the rose bowl too that and jerry world yeah yeah His, yeah trestle years it was the fiesta bowl actually we play pretty true. good in all of them <laughs> except maybe the fiesta the fiesta is the one that's always uh, like only against clemson for whatever reason but we uh exercise those demons yeah, uh, 2020. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't think we play well in Miami. No, that's that's fair. The Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl because we lost the national championship and then we got smoked by Clemson. Well, no, we didn't get smoked. We got robbed in Orange Bowl in 2013 <sighs> or yeah, 14. Yeah, whatever it is. But when, when Braxton got hurt and then Sammy Watkins was a man child. But like, Osh boy. I- I that game was good that. for us because, like, Von Bell learned how to play safety that game. If you watch that game, so if you take the losses from Clemson between 2013 to present and the losses to Michigan State, what aggravates you more? Like, it's Michigan a really State. tough debate because the the fumble in the 2019 game, I mean, that still aggravates me to no end. But that Michigan wow. State game in the monsoon with Geiger with the windmill, oh my gosh. And that so championship Zeke, game, the, the year, Zeke, the two years before. Zeke, the ball, 12 times. Yeah, right. And then in 2013, we lose in the Big Ten championship. Michigan State took two titles away from Ohio State in 13 and 15. So The infamous I, eating Donato, Domino's pizza with the Gatorade Urban Meyer picture. Though, yeah, yeah, those that's the Michigan action. State games, I want to say they were frustrating. They're just like head scratchers. They're just – They are. They just – Looking back on it, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, well, a backup quarterback in a monsoon? How? The Clemson fumble game, I was generally like, I blame, furious. So. I blame, Me too. I, it's I blame it's two Ed different Warner. emotions. I blame Ed Warner in 2015. That's who I blame. That's, uh, I'll take that. <laughs> that's it doesn't a great make it any better, though. but oh, right. gosh. I love to way, put that out on Twitter, see what the people think. By the way, Yankees are down 2-1 to one to you, boy, the two Yankee fans oh. on this show. Cavaliers are going to lose to the Raptors week game one. It's a long season. Is it good? Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> like, by the way, I got, I got, I got a bone to pick. Like, why do they put, the, why do they start the NBA right now when it's, you know, middle of college football, NFL and MLB playoffs. It's the like NL, NLCS and ALCS. Like, why yeah. am I going to start watching the NBA this week? Just like, they could literally right. put it in like two weeks and like make it go through the summer a little longer. And like, I, it'd be so much better. I don't know why right. they did it like this. They really right. would. Before we get our pick our condolences go out to Mississippi State's uh, player, Western Moreland. He died at the age of 18 today. Oh. So go Mississippi State over the Crimson Tide for Western Moreland. Yeah, that's, that's, that's sad. What, what, what happened? I mean, what's the, what, what happened? Like that's that's kind of breaking. Uh, this was earlier. Uh, the school announced that he passed away, and it was a sudden death. It doesn't say. Jeez. Mike Leach says oh. Sam was a beloved son, brother, and team teammate, and tremendous young man, and with limited future. 
no foul play was suspected and did not provide any details. In the so, uh. he was a uh, freshman, played high school football in Tupelo High School in Mississippi. That's sad. Well, R.I.P. Uh, moment of silence. And we're back. Um, all right. So I think it's time for our pickums. Um, do you want? Do you want anything else, Cass? By the way, Alabama will be out. Uh, probably will not be with Burton because this dude pushed a fan. Apparently, the fan wants to uh, press charges. Yeah, could be a mess. Yeah, it's not a good, yes, not a good I saw that. There. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't talk about that. Uh, and by the way, he's not that good for that. Like, he's just like a, a headache, that guy. Because he, like, why is he transferring from a national championship team to Alabama? Because he's and, not good. Yeah, he's dude's crazy. Um, I did see the video. I think there was a parody account that said that he's in jail or something. Um, yeah, or got arrested. I don't I think did he did. That. I think a lot of people are like out crying. Uh, I don't know. I think he might get suspended. What do you think? I, I think, think he, he has to get suspended. He has. No, there's no choice. He pushed a girl. There's no choice. You don't put your hands on women. So, all right, Pickham's week one going right up the top of the noon. Number 14, Syracuse, travels to Death Valley. Is it Death Valley? Clemson. <laughs> Death Valley light. Yeah. Clemson's a 13.5-point favorite. I'll take the reins. Clemson rolls. They cover. Dino Babers, it's been good so far, but Clemson rolls. I'm taking keys. <laughs> keys. <laughs> I'm taking uh, – give me – Syracuse with the points. I believe in the. I believe. I. I got it. My dad went to Syracuse. I got to take them. They're undefeated. Like they're a good story. They're like they're now taking the place of Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. For the North. For the North. Kansas. <laughs> Kansas got smacked, didn't they, by Oklahoma? All right. Uh, here's here's a big one. Um, we got. 339 UCLA at number 10, Oregon. 330 kick. Odson Stadium in Oregon. Uh, let me pull up the spread. It, I've got it at six right now. Yes, Oregon minus six. I, I'll definitely take UCLA plus six there. I like Oregon in this one just because they're at home. Uh, it's been a nice story with UCLA. I know they got a great uh, football team, but for something's telling me to take Oregon. I mean, it, it, the quarterback play, it's like DTR versus um, Bo Nix. Oregon's, yeah, UC- Oregon's favored. Yeah, UCLA hasn't won an Austin since 2004. I, I see this game. I like UCLA and the points in this game, but I see it being played like, you know, 31-27, somewhere in that range. Who's favored in this? Uh, Oregon by six. Oregon by six. Yeah. Got another game for you guys. Ole Miss LSU. This opened up with Ole Miss being a two point favorite. It's now swung to LSU getting a point and a half. This so is a pick 'em game. This is this is one of those red flag things where Vegas is baiting you. I don't know who you guys have in this matchup. It's really tempting to pick LSU, but there's a lot of there's kind of everything in me wants to see Ole Miss Ole, win this Ole, game I'm and then t- Ole Miss beat Bama and then I'm, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is undefeated. Play for the SBC. I'm I'm taking Ole Miss. I mean, it's going to be a good game. LSU is a very good team, but, like, 
Lane Kiffin's a veteran in this league. Um, this is a very good Ole Miss team. Um, and, and, you know, I, Brian Kelly's team, I think, is a trending in the right direction. Don't get me wrong. But Ole, yeah, Ole Miss, I think, plus one and a half, that, that, that should be easy money in my opinion. I, I'm using this as a pick because that line could be bouncing back and forth between now and Saturday. So I, I just put pick them. By the way, we make a graphic. I'm, I'm sure you see it, Blake. We make a graphic yep. for a plate. Uh, we're going to add you this week since you were one of our guests. You're like right our gate college game day guest picker. Let's do it. Give me the headgear. I'll put on Brutus. <laughs> <laughs> um, seven o'clock kick. Who, who'd you take, Blake? Ole Miss. Uh, or, uh, I've got Ole Miss. Ole Miss. We all have Ole Miss. Yeah. I got seven o'clock kick. Um, I have. Number 24, Mississippi State versus number six, Alabama. Uh, Mississippi State is five and two. Bama off a fresh loss. Um, it's at Alabama. Alabama's minus 21 and a half. Oh, minus 21. Alabama rolls. Yeah, Mike Leach has got Mississippi State playing really, really well this year. Will Rogers has been great at quarterback. He's not getting as much love as he should. But Alabama just lost, and we all saw Nick Saban's irateness on the sideline bama is going to roll and cover by the way who did that with the uh, chat snapchat filter that was classic <laughs> that was classic um yeah bama covers <laughs> it's hard <laughs> yeah, not yeah. to i mean yeah. it is it is yeah. it, it's baiting you but um how about texas at oklahoma state the longhorns are favored by six in this matchup i have texas rolling I think the Texas is the best team in the in the Big Twelve. I agree with you, and I really wonder what happens if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt this year. And that's why it would be really intriguing to see them make the New Year's Six bowl game and get a rematch against Alabama. But I like Texas think, to cover too. Is there a scenario where the committee is just like, oh, screw it? Like Texas is, you know, eleven and two. They won the big, the big, the Big Twelve, and you know, they lost uh, to Texas Tech. But they didn't have the, Quinn Ewers because I think they can factor that in. Isn't they that, do factor that in. They can the, factor that in. And that's, I think, a because if Quinn Ewers has that star power, I think we're underestimating the star power of him. Well, I and, think. And the corruption it, of this. It, depend, it depends, though. Like, how many, uh, like many one-loss teams are there? How many, you know. They would need help. I just, yeah. I don't think they're, if they run the table. Um, it's interesting what could happen. And it, I think that's a very important con- – like that's a big-time conversation too, especially if one of your losses is Alabama. Right. And you lost by, lost with a backup quarterback to Alabama by like a point. So I think in the other loss, you didn't have your starting quarterback. You can make a very good argument if you win, a, win the Big 12 and there's other teams with multi- like other losses, I think. Uh, by yeah, the way – go ahead. There's a lot of traffic in front of Texas to get there, but I can definitely see Texas – being on that six-team bracket where they're one of the first two teams out. Yeah. But I think yeah. the pathway to them for the playoff is they'd have to Ohio State, Wisconsin, everybody, and 59 nothing. Like, they'd have to absolutely demolish the rest of their schedule and, all, and you know, kind of go through the gauntlet of the Big 12 on the back end there in November, and they'd have to roll everybody to get in that conversation. But Texas is good enough to end up in that top six at the end. Are you taking Texas also, Dan? Yeah, I'm taking Texas. Uh, by the way, we – we do tiebreakers, uh, Blake. So my tiebreaker, I have Tulane covering over uh, Memphis. That's my tie tiebreaker. My my tiebreaker is old, old faithful, Blake. Uh, it's hit two weeks in a row. It's uh, I got Toledo 
minus seven and a half against Buffalo. It's at Buffalo. Uh, I don't even care. Toledo's first in the West. Buffalo's first in the East. Uh, It's a battle for max supremacy, but Toledo is going into Buffalo and winning by multiple touchdowns. Daquan Finn is going to have a day. Always Toledo. Toledo, whatever it is, just always on Toledo until they prove me wrong. Go Rockets, man. So this is like a super dog pick. Do I need to have somebody that's not favored? Or can I just pick a team to cover? It could be any pick in the world. You could, if you want to do D three football, or if you, <laughs> like, go feel free. Just your your pick, whatever pick you want for college football. Well, I was at Liberty this past weekend, so I'm tempted to pick Liberty plus seven against at home against BYU. But I'll take Ooh. Penn State. So I I do like that pick. By the way, I I like Liberty plus seven against BYU. Hugh Freeze knows how to win those big games, but I also take. Uh, I'll do Penn State covering in the whiteout game. They actually get a win this time. Blake, that's going to be a really fun game to watch too. If you get, if you, if you, if that's on TV. That's definitely a one. I think it's on ESPNU. If that, if Liberty pulls that off too, they're going to be so excited there. They might storm the field. Oh, they'll definitely storm the field. I think, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. What's so uh, what's that's to- a good game. What was Toledo's points, Dan? Uh, minus seven and a half. And you took Penn State. Penn State minus four and a half. At home against Minnesota. Okay. All right. We got some more games here. A couple of them. Kansas State, TCU. Kansas State. I'm going to go Kansas State on this. Um, what, what is, what's the line? TCU minus three and a half. I have it. So Kansas State plus three and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I like I, I, Kansas State has been a very good team this year. They've impressed me. Um, they, they, Martinez is a, a, a dual threat quarterback. They have Deuce Vaughn. They've, they've played teams tough. Uh, I, I absolutely Kansas state. I have TCU. I really like TCU. I can see the headline now. It's always sunny at Texas Christian university after they win this weekend. I think TCU covers Sonny Dykes. What a start to his tenure. Yeah. Isn't it Gary Patterson? The head, uh, on Texas's staff. Yeah, he's like a defensive analyst or something like that. Yeah. So you got TCU as well. I believe that's all the games, unless there's one more you want to add, Dan. Um, let me look. Let's see what's on the slate. Let me man. see if Hawaii's playing. <laughs> Hawaii. That game went uh, until three AM and we'll still right. watch oh, it. Important note. The la- the latest the game start this week are ten thirty. It's a uh, Nev- San Diego State Nevada on CBS Sports Network in Washington, California on ESPN. Um, that's just I like getting that out there for the late night people because uh, I'm I'm always seeing what the late night game. There's nothing better when it's a good like ranked late night game. Unfortunately, this week it's it's not it really, but um, it'll be all right, I'm sure. Um, all right, all right. Uh, here's a game you guys have to pick with your eyes closed. Okay, <laughs> this is the worst. One of the worst games we'll watch. Indiana Rutgers. Rutgers is favored by three. Rutgers. Just gives you a headache looking at it. I'll take Rutgers, too. Give me a Craig Shiano. Craig Shiano <laughs> fights Tom Allen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Yeah, that'd be a good fight. But um, that's uh-huh. all I really got for this week, boys. What, Anything else? Well, yeah, what's the line for Rutgers? It's three. Three. And Dan, you took Rutgers as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why? <laughs> Who's going to that game? I want to know. Like, like everybody's mom. <laughs> I feel like that's their homecoming or uh, something. Yeah, that's, uh, 
I don't know why I'm taking Indiana, but I just am. <laughs> Recency bias. Yeah, I will be sending these over to you, Dad. This is all I've got, man. All I've got. I can't wait. Tomorrow I'll be at the shoe. Friday I'll be at the shoe. Saturday I'll be at the shoe. It's a great way to spend the next three days. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's weird, though, because... I have to wear jeans and a jacket tomorrow because it's supposed to be like high of 55. Friday is supposed to be like high of 60. And then Saturday, high of 71. I'm over this weather. Like this weather is terrible because it's going – I know I know Ohio is extreme, but the way it's been extreme the past like week and a half, like, it's taking a toll on everyone's bodies, I think. I think everyone's sick and it's just – it's not been a fun like – two weeks in Ohio. Cause it's like, it's literally been at 1.80 and it's been in the thirties. It's yeah, it, insane. <laughs> same here in Philly. I mean, I woke up this morning, went outside, it was 34 degrees. I was like, Oh no, thank you. Send this back up North. By yeah. the way, by the way, uh, Blake, Dan and I are still on the quest. When, when the Browns play the dolphins in Miami in a few weeks, when Tommy Togi Ice trots out on the field, we're going to take a picture of it on the screen and say we finally found Tommy Togi in Miami. We think he's gonna. We think he's due for a big play, like a sack or a touchdown, bro. It's it's gonna happen. I'm I'm calling it. It's it's gonna happen. It's it's gonna be like No Brown, like his breakout. Like No Brown's playing great football for the Cowboys, by the way. I like to say we called that here. By the way, did you the Bengals and Saints play there? Combined Buckeyes on roster, 15 <laughs> between yeah, both teams. Seven of them insane. are on the Saints. It's like time travel watching that game. I know. It's awesome. yeah. And that, people are counting Burrow, too, because he spent time as a Buckeye. Like, he's not a Buckeye, but he, he, has, has, a, he has a degree. He he's has a Buckeye. Degree. Like, he <laughs> he's spent, a Buckeye. They said players who spent time on Ohio, on an Ohio State roster – it was like 15 players because I forgot Keandre Jones, who went to Maryland, plays for the oh, Bengals. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like and he, practice He counts one. as a Buckeye. <laughs> yeah. Like, he put on it, a uniform once. And you got Apple Toast, Eli Apple. I think he ratted out Chase Young, but that's neat. Oh, I, th- I mean, I, I, when you look at that, Maryland reported it, and then it was like, you know, Keandre Jones, they like, I'm just connecting the dots. Like, it, pr- he probably – Knew something. I don't know. I'm talking out my ass, but no, that's I, all I, had I the really cha- got. I had the Chase Young news uh, before it broke, and it, it was a mess, that situation. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Hey, we survived the bye week, Dan. Remember, nothing happened to Ohio State. Nothing happened to any of the players. It, it was weird. Like, it was <laughs> weird. No one got arrested. No one, no, like, no, oh, wait, we're still two days away. I was waiting for the Monday morning like video or like the Tuesday morning video. Maybe because as long as we get the Chase Young news broke the Friday before the game, right? uh, Yeah, as long as we get through the Friday news dump, um, at the end of the day, I think we're good. Keep keep these guys out of bars because we don't need Tommy Eichenberg with a DUI. No, he would. He would. Tommy's smart. He would not. By, By the way. By looking at Tommy Eichenberg and Cade Stover, those guys do drink Bush Light, right? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. They probably make it, it themselves. Cade Stover <laughs> definitely does. <laughs> uh, uh, guys, um, enjoy football this week. It's going to be a blast having football back in Columbus and Ohio State playing again. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. 
High so, school playoffs start next week, so get ready for that. For sure. But as always, uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. And as always, go Bucks. <laughs>